Hope you had a great weekend. Let's start off the week. It's Monday, January 23rd. Some weird holidays you might want to celebrate today. Uh, something that I don't think is really taught all that much in school. Now that kids have iPads and tablets and computers and all of these things. It's National Handwriting Day today. You remember uh, how to do that? You know, writing cursive and all that, you know, beyond your signature? Well, we celebrate the handwritten word marking uh, John Hancock's birthday in 1737. I I think it was a pretty awesome move when they said, hey, guys, we're going to sign the Declaration of Independence. There's, you know, a hundred of us or so here. Who wants to go first? And John Hancock's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll take up like a huge spot. So the guy, so the, the king knows that my name is right there, right front and center. The first uh, governor of Massachusetts was also the first guy to sign the declaration. Um, today is also National Pie Day. Recent study by Yahoo Foods found that the pie is America's third favorite dessert right after ice cream and cake. But pizza, which is technically a pie, is America's favorite food. Hmm. Honestly, I could eat pizza almost every day if I, if I needed to or if I just wanted to. Or you gave me that choice of only one food, pizza would be it. People have also been eating pie for nearly 12,000 years back then. They are pretty basic, filled with either cheese or nuts or something like that but today you know it'd be a national pie day but then there's also pie day pi that's march 14th totally different you can still eat pie on both days though today's also national measure your feet day yeah i told you we got weird holidays to celebrate as always but a recent study by some of the country's best foot doctors or podiatrists found that most americans are walking around in the wrong size shoe. So go get your foot properly measured. Are you wearing the right size shoe or do you just think you are? Should probably get it checked out. Today's also Snowplow Mailbox Hockey Day. What? But I guess this is the reason this is and the reason this holiday exists. It's when snowplow drivers intentionally try to knock over your mailbox with their plow. We got a little bit of snow on the ground. There's going to be plows moving around. Maybe this will happen. But each mailbox is worth a point. Double mailboxes are worth three. Uh, and community mailboxes will get you ten. And if you manage to knock a mailbox into your neighboring town, well, you score 20 points. Hopefully, none of our local snowplow drivers are going to participate in this. Not, not a good idea. I actually don't have a mailbox by the road. My mailbox is actually on my house. So hopefully <laughs> I don't hopefully there's no points for that because you'd have to take off a piece of my house in order to get my mailbox. Today is also the start of the 2022 income tax season. Oh yeah, get out those 1040s, the 1099s, all your receipts and things like that. IRS is going to open the tax filing season. For the year, <sighs> and you got to get those in April 18th. That's uh, that's the deadline. 
Also today, uh, you might have uh, been celebrating over the weekend. You had some football. Uh, Bengals winning, Niners winning. Did you have those on your scorecard? I think those are the two teams I picked. Uh, but not the guy from Houston, the furniture store guy that always seems to spend a lot of money. My guess is just so he can get his name out there. Mattress Mac, he lost $2 million after he bet on the Cowboys to beat the Niners. Looks like uh, the NFC Championship, San Francisco f- versus Phillies, that's going to be 3 p.m. on Sunday. And then the AFC Championship between Cincinnati and Kansas City will be 6.30. And you just have to check your local listings for all the other uh, channels and times and where to watch all that stuff. But looking forward to it. You know, we're one step closer to the big game and all of the delicious food and great commercials and good halftime show and all that that we can watch. I, I'm, that's, that's what I look forward to most. I love watching the football. But everything else is what I enjoy most about the big game. So looking forward to that. Uh, that'll be here in uh, just a few weeks. It's time now for Got Something to Say, where we talk to your friends and neighbors about things happening right here in our community. And if you'd like to be a part of it, maybe you're part of a nonprofit. You volunteer for one. You're the executive director. You've got a fundraiser coming up or a program or maybe even a 5K. Let's talk about that stuff. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email let's talk at wsjm.com. You can also give me a call and leave me a voicemail, 925-WSJM, and get the word out to a lot of people right here in our community with Got Something to Say, which is brought to you by our friends at United Federal Credit Union. We get you. My guest today is Matthew Bizzo from the Krasel Arts Center. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Johnny. Great to have you and great to talk about all the things that you have going on at Krasel Arts Center, which is quite a lot. That's why we bring you in on a, a regular basis to tell us about things that are going on. So where shall we begin on the cool stuff happening? You know, right now, uh, well, first, it's great to be here. I love our chats that we get to have all the time, Johnny. Uh, and I am really excited to be uh, announcing the winner of the Community Members Show People's Choice Award. We're at a period of transition right now uh, at Crasle Arts Center. We'll talk about our next exhibition coming up. But the Community Members Show was a collection of 145, I believe, artworks from different artists in the community. And if you got to visit Crasle, you got to vote for who you thought was the People's Choice Award. We are very excited to announce uh, that Nicole Brown's painting Liar won this year's People's Choice Awards. Uh, we do have it featured on our social media campaign, so you can see that. And if you get our email updates, you'll also see it there. But it's a lovely watercolor and um, uh, ink painting that she did um and she and she got to take home a very fun uh artist made trophy as well so congratulations nicole very excited for you to win the people's choice award yeah it's fantastic great uh just seeing this very small thumbnail of that i did not get unfortunately get to see that in person but i look forward to the next year uh with doing this you guys are going to continue this as this has grown quite a lot this is going to be another uh iteration next year of the community and member show that is right, John, and we do have that coming up. Um, so typically our... Com- 
our, this show was called the Members Show. And yeah. It was just for Krasel members. And we're like, we serve the whole community. We want this to be something available to everyone. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Community Members Show will continue in 2023 and 2024. That will actually run December 2nd through January 15th, 2024. So once again, December 2nd through January 15th. If you want to make some artwork, you missed the chance for this year. It's coming right around this year. And, you know, it may feel like a long ways away now, but I'm already like in art fair mode and the year just zings on by so you definitely if you want to make some artwork get those dates on your calendar and then plan to join us this winter that's fantastic yeah honestly you're right Uh, planning ahead is a good idea because it will some of this stuff will happen before you know it and the the calendar just seems to roll by uh hard to believe it's already 2023 and we've already got a ton of great things going on but what else you got uh going on the ed krasel that we should talk about yeah, so, you know, we're talking about the members show and how uh, if you're a community member, you got to display artwork here at Krasel Art Center. Well, there's actually opportunities like that year round at stuff that Krasel Art Centers does. We are actually seeking artists right now to exhibit in the lab. Okay. Uh, if you come by, we have new wallpaper up to display that. It's really cool. Um, and you can have artwork in this gallery space. It's a space really dedicated to experimentation and installation, light, sound. Uh, it doesn't really even really need a fin- finished project there and you don't need to be a full-time quote unquote artists to okay. exhibit in there. I've seen really amazing things in this exhibition. Um, so I definitely want to encourage if you uh, have a, an idea, you're like, hey, I want to do this cool installation and that I would love to see at a museum, come to Krasler Center. We would love to see that displayed here. Similarly, we also are looking for artworks in our East Garden. Uh, if, you are, if you've been in the community long, you maybe remember Ground Wave by Peter Kursko. That was a giant wooden structure that was a music, doubled as a musical instrument. We had Prismatic Hope by Andy Sawyer that was an outdoor studio made out of um, sail mate- uh, yeah. sailboat uh, sail material. Yeah. And then we had the Art Dome this last year. And we're still looking for more uh, interactive art installations to go in that space. That's what it is really dedicated to. So there are still opportunities for artists inside. And uh, if you... if that's not enough for you. We still have applications up for our art markets that go on. We have uh, five of those a year. And of course, the Krasl Art Fair on the Bluff. Uh, the application is due January 20th. So if you have been thinking, hmm, I want to be in the Krasl Art Fair on the Bluff, now's your time to apply. There's just a couple of days left before that application closes. So head over to krasl.org. That's where all this information lives. If you'd like to exhibit in the lab or East Garden, go to our artist tab, and we have a page called Artist Opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's where you want to go for that. And then just navigate to the artist information section on our art, the art fair tab of our website. And that will give you to the links and how to apply and what entails in that. Uh, of course, if you have questions, you can call Krasl. But if you are an artist, we want to talk to you and make sure that we get your artwork into our community. I love this. And 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 like you said, uh, and you weren't lying when you were saying you really think ahead of, of all the things that are going on throughout the year. But this is, is so many cool opportunities uh, to not only get your artwork out there in the community, but also have a lot of people experience it. Because I know a lot of people come to the Krasl Arts Center through, uh, you know, even just driving by, walking by, but also, of course, checking out things in the gallery. And then that... Not alone, not just uh, that, but also the great students that come through uh, there as well. So, really, a lot of cool opportunity. And I didn't even know that the the lab was available, uh, well, for a limited time to be able to get that yes. in. There. So, 
maybe even some artist collaboration or something like that, whatever you want to do, but definitely get those applications in for all of that stuff. Speaking of the Crasville Arts Center and the great things going on in that space, I know that as we flip the calendar to 2023, you also have, uh, as the community members show has moved out, you are now moving in a new exhibition. Tell me about this one. I am so excited about this next exhibition. This is a solo exhibition by Wisconsin artist Nathaniel Stern called The World After Us, Imaging Techno-Aesthetic Futures. Uh, it will open, we'll have a preview reception on January 27th from 6 to 8 p.m. And Nathaniel's actually going to hang out with us that weekend and he's do, we're doing a workshop that you can come and learn more about his artwork on January 28th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Now, Nathaniel works in uh, this like mixture of print works there's some illustration there's sculpture and there's plants in it we are bringing plants to Krasil art center nathaniel uh makes artworks that kind of look at what does the future of technology look like when humans are no longer there so it's really something to get you thinking about your relationship with the objects like your phone your smartwatch um there's even some old uh, if you remember those colorful apple computers from back in the early 2000s i know i had a blue one uh that it makes an appearance in the exhibition and nice. then you see this plant life going through it um and it really gets us thinking about what does the world after humans are gone what is going to happen how is nature going to take hold to these things that we really rely on and are such an important part of of our our life you know johnny you and i are talking on zoom right now and right like what is what's going to happen to my laptop and exactly you know, a thousand years who knows it'll still be here and something else is going to be living in it and this is a really great example of what that looks like that's so once cool. again, it's the World After Us Imaging Techno Aesthetic Futures, Friday, January 27th. Come to Craswell Art Center for a, pre, or for a free preview reception with us. Wonderful. And then those workshops that uh, Nathaniel will have, that's uh, probably limited space. We want to sign up for that, right? Yeah, we are asking that you register for that, you know. We got to put chairs out for you. Make sure you can sit. Make sure we have enough materials for that. There is a free workshop with Nathaniel, um, but we do ask that you register. So if you go to our website, there's an image on there that tells you all about the exhibition and has links to these upcoming programs. We're really excited to have Nathaniel here. He'll also be back in February for our next exhibition um, that's opening in the lab. Um, but we'll talk more about that later. Just come on down on January 27th. Meet Nathaniel. He is a really great character. Uh, he is also a... Um, He's on faculty in colleges and cool. has really done a lot of work with this exhibition. And we're very excited to have it here at Kreslar Center. That's so awesome. That is a great start to the the new year and the great things at the uh, at the Kreslar Arts Center. But, you know, you really couldn't do all this cool stuff that we've talked about and the stuff that's upcoming without the great support of this community as well. Right. Yeah. You know, Kreslar Arts Center, uh, we've been around for over 40 years, uh, functioning as a free uh art center with mm -hmm. all we do with exhibitions and classes. And, and really we want to give a big shout out to our 2023 exhibition sponsors. They help us bring exhibitions like this and cover the cost for that. So it's so free to you uh, as you come through and want to spend the day in St. Joseph or Benton Harbor. Um, and they also make sure and help make help make sure that we have funding so we can have Nathan artists like Nathaniel mm -hmm. stay with us and hang out um, for a weekend or a couple of weekends. It's really great to bring those artists uh, here to our community and show off what St. Joe has and we could not do it without these sponsors. So I'm going to go wrap, I'm going to list through our amazing sponsors and we want to make sure that you guys go visit them as you 
are out and about uh, and doing your own business, check out these fine folks. Uh, we want to thank 98.3 The Coast, The Boulevard Inn and Bistro, Honor Credit Union, Pella Windows and Doors of Northwest Indiana, RMB Capital, Starks Family Funeral Home and Cremation Services, Silver Beach Pizza, Storage of America, Tyler Automotive, the John DeVries Insurance Agency, and Krugel Lawton CPAs. We have so many great sponsors here. These are all going to be listed on our website where you can go and check them out and learn more about them as well. Uh, just again, we want to thank them for supporting us for another great exhibition year. That's fantastic. And also last year you mentioned uh, one of our conversations that uh, you guys were working on your Frederick Upton Foundation matching grant. Did you make that uh, that goal of matching that? We not only made that goal, Johnny, we went, up, well, not we, the community went above and beyond. Uh, we raised over $17,000 uh, in this campaign, which means we actually are bringing in, it's a matching grant. So we have $32,965 that's going towards our education programs, like scholarships and uh, other uh, activities and studio improvements. So thank you, uh, community of Southwest Michigan, for supporting the arts and believing that everyone has, everyone deserves to have great access to creative endeavors. That's so great. Uh, and if we want to stay in the know with everything that you guys have going on and ways we can support you guys by checking out things in the gallery, taking classes and et cetera, uh, how do we uh, learn more about that and follow all the things going on at Krasl? Well, you can head over to our website. That's krasl.org, K-R-A-S-L.org. And of course, sign up for our email updates. Head over to our contact section on the website, and that was where you can fill it up. We'll send you all the links for all the stuff we're talking about. We always have so much going on. I have trouble keeping track of it without <laughs> this email. So we definitely want to encourage you to sign up for that. And then come visit us. Of course, uh, we're at 707 Lake Boulevard in St. Joseph, free and open to the public. And we would love to see you and hear more about your experience. Matthew, as always, love uh, chatting with you and catching up on everything that's going on at Krasl. Thank you so much for taking some time with me. Thanks for hanging out with me, Johnny. And I love chatting with a lot of great organizations all around Southwest Michigan. If you uh, have a nonprofit, you're part of one in some way, shape, or form. Uh, maybe you're just volunteering for an event that's coming up. Hey. I want to hear about that so that we can get the word out to a lot of people in our community. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email let's talk at WSJM.com. That's let's talk at WSJM.com. And well, let's talk. But you can also leave me a voicemail 925 WSJM 925-9756. And not only can you hear this conversation in the morning show, but also when you're on got something to say, you get the word out to the morning. And in the afternoon after 5.30 with Andrew Green. And also we podcast it at WSJM.com. So all that can be um, something to get the word out about your event program or whatever you have going on. So feel free to reach out to me. Got something to say brought to you by our friends at United Federal Credit Union. We get you. Uh, you might be starting your day with your pajamas on still. That's okay. Uh, somebody actually had a question about that. Uh, on social media because you know that's where you go to ask your questions you don't actually uh, just figure it out yourself usually you just pose the question to people on social media that's okay because it, it is good to get outside opinion every once in a while well one person on tiktok actually asked this question is it okay to wear pajamas multiple nights in a row here here's that person asking that question 
I need to know if people wear pajamas like multiple nights in a row. When I was younger, my parents always made us wear pajamas like more than like multiple nights in a row because they weren't dirty. And I still do that as an adult. I've worn these like three nights in a row. So I need to know if like as adults, we're still doing that or should I be literally making dirty clothes every single night? Certainly a lot of factors to consider. You know, like, uh, did this person shower before they went to bed and they put those pajamas on? That's a big if, and that's a big uh, contributing factor to making your pajamas dirty. So, uh, you know, if you want to answer that question, feel free to give me a call, 925-WSJM. That's 925-9756. Other things on social media that might help you out. Life hacks are also a great way to find a lot of that stuff on social media. You know, I actually read something that instead of things like YouTube or Google, when you're trying to figure out something or learn something, people are learning the most stuff, which is uh, kind of concerning. People are learning the most by watching TikTok. But uh, TikTok ha now has a, a new cure for hangovers. If you're dealing with that anytime, and maybe this might even just work for headaches, um, people seem generally receptive to this strategy to help symptoms like headaches, nausea, and all that. So here is Dr. Chris Jackson. He's a pharmacist talking about this hangover cure strategy that he says helps activate the diver's reflex. This is the ice bowl method to activate the diver's reflex. Hold your face in the water for five to 10 seconds. Repeat three times and it's gonna give you some relief. If you want to avoid this method, don't forget to prime your body by hydrating, adding electrolytes, and throwing in an alcohol metabolism aid. There you go. Uh, just dunk your head in some a bowl of ice. Bowl of ice water. It could work. Um, and if you're concerned by all the stuff you see on social media about where, where this world is heading, uh, yeah, there's some people have no hope, but uh, there is a doomsday clock, you know, the doomsday clock. And I don't know how close we are to midnight right now, but we will find out tomorrow uh, the bulletin of uh, the bulletin of atomic scientists will uh, post its annual doomsday clock tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So if you want to see that. Uh, it's not really a clock, but more of a symbol created by scientific experts. What they do is they move the clock hands to decide how close to midnight we are from self-destruction, thanks to dangerous technology or how many metaphorical minutes that humanity has left. So, good news? Yeah, sounds like a fun job. Uh, but it's totally a Ryan Seacrest type of tease you know, it's like, well, you want to know if the world's going to end? Find out tomorrow. Right after these commercials. <sighs> Other things that might be a little uh, of concern. We noticed in the grocery store, the prices of just about everything have gone up. And that's causing a lot of, I wouldn't say pandemonium, but it's it's causing a lot of people to change their ways a little bit or maybe reduce the use of certain uh, grocery items like eggs, for instance. Eggs have been going way up, mainly because of not only inflation and all that stuff, but also because of avian flu and the fact that there is 
a lot of issues with shortages of eggs. So now what, what we have to watch out for is egg smuggling. Yeah, it's a real thing. Egg smuggling has jumped by 108% at the U.S.-Mexico border because of the egg shortage. And some people are buying their own chickens to uh, deal with this rising egg prices. Buying and raising them as the egg prices have gone up 60% in the past year. And there's also been an increase in the price of chicken feed and chicken labor. Some people purchased as many as six chickens. Doing a little homesteading and uh, buying some chickens. They're producing four to five eggs each day. The CDC is actually warning that uh, ticks and salmonella sometime come with chickens. So that is something to be mindful if you are raising your own chickens or considering the idea of raising your own chickens. Just be mindful of those things. Uh, this is a pretty great story. 23-year-old Chihuahua, a Chihuahua named Spike, has been named the world's oldest dog at the age of 23. Spike was adopted 10 years ago after being found in an Ohio store parking lot. He was in pretty bad shape. Um, but at the age of 13, so I'm sure when these people adopted this dog, didn't think he'd have much time because of the situation he was in. But Rita Kimball took him home, nurtured him back, nurtured him back to health, and he's lived a long, happy life ever since. And Spike, he can't see or hear very well, but he loves sticking to his routine. That includes a regular breakfast, a weekend walk, and uh, visiting the animals in Kimball's barn. Aw, that's adorable. My dog... 16 going to be 16 in may um so we're hoping that plinko lives i i mean i'm shooting for 20 years i think there's a chance that 20 years we could we could get there um but we'll just have to wait and see um <clears throat> but pretty awesome 23 year old dog and that dog lives in ohio so that is one now one good thing about ohio <laughs> All right, now that the final four teams are set for the big game, it's time to start thinking about the food because, well, with only a few weeks away, you want to plan your, your big Super Bowl party. But what are you going to serve? What I usually do when I have a Super Bowl party is, well, usually the party doesn't involve that many people. It's usually just me and Jocelyn. But what we try to do is figure out what's like a popular food at some of these different cities that are playing in the game. And this one is probably going to be one of the best ones because just with the final four teams, you look at, you've got San Francisco, uh, which, what, what's big in San Francisco? Um, well, there's a number of different things. Isn't rice aroni the San Francisco treat? So I guess you could serve rice if you wanted to. But then, of course, if you have Philly, Philly cheesesteaks from Philadelphia, you have um, Kansas City, which, of course, is great for delicious barbecue. And then so you could do like ribs or something like that. And then there's Cincinnati, which I think last year we found out what the best, the, the, the like the known food that Cincinnati's known for is Skyline Chili, which kind of just looks like chili from a can 
and you throw some onions, some white onions, and some cheddar cheese in there. I mean, uh, I would, I'd eat it, but I, I would definitely hope that it's it's Kansas City. Um, maybe Kansas City and Philly. That Those are the two number one seed teams. Those are the two teams that they've been saying are going to go there. But I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, as far as playing-wise, I'd like to see Cincinnati and San Francisco. I think that would be a great game. Either way, it's going to be good. But somebody looked at Google data to compile a list of the most popular food for Super Bowl parties, and somehow they found that America's top choice, meatballs. Makes sense. A lot of times, uh, it's one of the easiest things to make. you got a crock pot full of meatballs. Meatball sandwiches or just, you know, have them on a plate. The rest of the top ten include guacamole, uh, chips and salsa, tater tots, chili, like we mentioned. Buffalo wings, always a good time. Uh, too bad the Buffalo Bills didn't make it in. But uh, hummus, nachos, pigs in a blanket on there as well, and spinach and artichoke dip rounding off the top ten. Pizza surprisingly didn't make the cut. But maybe that's because a lot of people like to munch on finger foods and snacks. But in a poll, 70% of people say they mainly eat appetizers for their big game Sunday party. 74% of people say that they make their own food for the game rather than ordering out. So that, that's why you're probably not going to have pizza towards the top of the list. Um, some other things to consider. Maybe you want to go healthy. Maybe you want to just do superfoods during your Super Bowl party. Well, University of California, San Diego says that algae is going to be the next hot superfood. Researchers say it's high in protein, uh, vitamins, and minerals. And uh, you can also, it can also be grown in salt water, which will save freshwater resources. And some algae also contains some antioxidants. So next time you're going out into the ocean, you get all that green stuff on you, just eat it. Actually, don't don't eat it. That's not a good idea. You should probably get it from a store. But there you go. Algae is uh, the next superfood. So if anybody wants to bring a bowl of algae to the next Super Bowl party, feel free. My guess is you won't be invited to the Super Bowl party next year. Just saying. Probably not going to happen. Time to tell you about some of the great things happening at MoodyOnTheMarket.com and the great stories you'll read when you go there. And that's brought to you by our friends at Insurance Management Service. Call IMS today, your local auto owners agency with locations in St. Joseph and in Niles. The uh, ninth edition of Golfer's Choice was released this week, including the top 50 courses in the U.S. And Harbor Shores is high on that list. At number nine in the country. In the country. Right here, Southwest Michigan, we have we knew we had a world-class uh, golf course. But now it's number nine on the list in the country. Now, the golfer's choice list was unveiled on NBC Sports' next-gen or next golf pass, uh, which uses user-generated reviews to determine this list. Now, seven courses in Michigan, there are nearly 800 courses in the state, uh, made the top 50. 
according to the Golf Pass users. Golf Digest, previously named Michigan one of the best golf destinations in the world, and the sport contributes to more than $4 billion annually to the state's economy. Some of the top choices um, for this list include, well, a lot of ones in warmer places, but in the in the top 10, you've got... Um, uh, place in California, you got Harbor Shores at number nine. You have Stonegate Golf Club at number eight. Um, Traces Golf Club in Florence, South Carolina, number seven. Looking at the top three, you've got Lick Creek Golf Course in Illinois, the Highlands Golf Course in Franklin, West Virginia. And if you want to make a trip out, uh, over to Hawaii, the Mauna Lani Resort, the South Course in uh, in Hawaii. You can check that one out. But it's pretty awesome that number nine has Harbor Shores on the list. Golf Pass's managing editor, uh, Jason Scott Deegan, commented and said, What I love about this year's Golfer's Choice Top 50 is the variety of courses represented. The difference in price point, the architecture, and settings is profound from the number one course. Uh, which is a high-end course in Hawaii, all the way to number 50, which is the Gladstone Golf Course, sort of a hidden gem in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. No other publication offers such a unique mix in this uh, in their course list. It's just showcasing the wide range of courses that our golfers play and appreciate for what they offer during a round of golf. Now, Michigan also has several courses in Golf Magazine's top 100 courses in the U.S., including Oakland Hills South in Bloomfield Hills, Crystal Downs in Frankfort, as well as uh, Kingsley's Club in Kingsley. Golf Week's top 100 uh, public course lists include Arcadia Bluffs in Arcadia, Marquette Golf Club in Marquette, and Forest Dunes in Roscommon. Great places to visit. We know that uh, there's some great golf courses in Michigan and pretty awesome to see all those wonderful courses recognized and to see Harbor Shores in the top 10. Now, I know you're thinking, don't talk about golf. It's, it's, there's snow on the ground. I got to get uh, I want to get out on the course. Well, you will very, very soon, I'm sure. And uh, definitely put that one on your list if you have not golfed there yet. If you want to check out that full story, go check it out at MoodyOnTheMarket.com. And when you're on the go and you want to know what's happening in our community, Moody on the Market's a great stop. MoodyOnTheMarket.com and the Moody on the Market app. Download that for free in your app store. And your Moody on the Market update is brought to you by our friends at Insurance Management Service. Call IMS Today, your local auto owner's agency, with locations in St. Joseph and in Niles.